Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to The Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, here to bring you more chills and frights with my stories. Ghosts. Psychos. All spooky. All spooky all the time. This program is brought to you by MyHauntedDolls.com Be sure to check out my website there and purchase books. You can follow links to my YouTube channel to see videos of paranormal evidence I've captured, including my haunted dolls and items in my collection, and some stories about those some of those items. So be sure to check that out. And there's also a link to this show and other things there. So be sure to check that out. MyHauntedDolls.com and purchase today your copy of my new book, My Haunted Collection, The Dark Side. It has been released. It is available for purchase at Amazon, on Kindle, Books a Million online, uh, pretty much wherever books are sold online, it's there. Or you can just order it directly from me with autograph from MyHauntedDolls.com. So be sure to check that out. This is a sequel to my book, My Haunted Collection, but this one tells the stories about the dolls and items that have darker stories, more terrifying history. My Haunted Collection, The Dark Side. Please be sure to check that out and buy your copy today. Now, without further ado, let's get on with a couple of New Year's Eve stories. <laughs> this first one I recently heard and really enjoyed it. I thought it was an awesomely terrifying story. This one is called Ghost of Julia. This happened in a small town that could be anywhere. It might be even be your town. It involved a woman named Julia, a recluse who lived alone for years after her husband died. She never left her house. Neighbors who felt sorry for her often delivered some groceries to her to make sure she had food and supplies, but when they did, she barely even spoke to them. She had no other family to speak of and no close friends. They say that living in solitude eventually drove her crazy, out of her mind. She became suicidal. One fateful New Year's Eve, she decided to go through with ending her miserable existence. According to a local named Leon Hart, 30 years ago on that fateful night, he walked with a group of fellow neighborhood men around the blocks checking on homes and businesses to make sure there were no prowlers about. You see, crime in that area had taken a harsh rise over the last few months, and some of the businesses and even the private homes were burglarized. The police department was small, and the men of the area took it upon themselves to take turns walking in groups each night before midnight around the neighborhood, their shotguns in hand, keeping an eye out and 
just giving some added security to make sure there were no strangers skulking about, anyone up to any mischief, or make sure they didn't catch anyone trying to break in. On this particular night, as they walked with their guns held ready, a shrill cry pierced the night. This was the cry of a woman in pain, shrieking through the darkness. It came from the direction of Julia's house. Leon and his group raced around the block and down the street to the dead end where her house was located. Smoke rose into the air, winding through the tree branches above her house. At first, they thought the house was on fire. But as they got closer, they realized it was not the house. The flames came from the balcony of her second floor on the outside of the house. Julia stood there on the balcony's edge, her arms spread heavenward, with flames completely enveloping her body. The men got close enough to see that her skin was already melting away. Her hair burned off her head, and what flesh was left completely charred. The smell of burning flesh filled the air around them, causing one of those men to hurl his dinner right there on the sidewalk. Julia flung herself off the balcony with a final cry, and her body landed with a sick, wet thud on the driveway below. The sound of sirens came quickly as the fire department, already called by a neighbor who had seen the smoke, arrived at the scene. Unfortunately, Julia was already dead when she hit the ground, her body completely blackened and almost fleshless. It was determined that she had doused herself with kerosene, lit a match, and ended her own life. Julia was given a quick burial in the local cemetery with no kind of funeral save the few neighbors who tried to help her, showing up to pay their last respects. Here is where the New Year's nightmare began. Each year after, on New Year's Eve, the charred, gruesome apparition of Julia was seen outside of her house, screaming into the night. If anyone dared to get close, the terrifying ghost chased them away, screeching after them down the street. No one dared enter her house, and the real estate agency could not even sell it due to the stories surrounding it, so they, the house remained vacant. Leon said that many times on his nightly rounds, other than New Year's Eve even, he reportedly heard the cries of Julia as he walked the neighborhood, and even caught a fleeting glimpse of her apparition on her lawn before she disappeared. Each time she looked just as hideous, flesh dripping off of her body, the smell of charred human skin filling the air. But it always seemed she appeared mostly on New Year's Eve, the very night she ended her own life, and it was that night that she was at her strongest.
for that reason, no one dared any went anywhere near her house or that dead end of the street. The worst part of this nightmare was the New Year's Eve in 2010, when a burglar decided to make a break-in to ring in the New Year. Unfortunately, he chose the wrong house. As Leon and his friends made their rounds and incidentally decided to stay away from Julia's house, what with this being New Year's Eve and the sightings of her nightmarish apparition being more frequent and more horrible on that particular night each year, they noticed as they passed her street a strange figure running over her yard and toward her front door. This was no ghost. This was the figure of a tall man dressed all in black. They knew right away this was a prowler. So Leon encouraged the men to forget about the ghost and the legend and let's check this out and make sure this person isn't trying to wreck property. If nothing else, we have to warn this man away from that place. By the time they reached the house on foot, the man was already inside. The front door broken in and standing wide open. As they entered the house, they heard screams. One male and one female coming from above. Looking at the stairs that led to the second floor, They stared in horror as Julia's burnt ghost came into view on the landing above, walking, shuffling slowly toward the stairs, her hand around the throat of the burglar they'd seen outside, holding him up with otherworldly strength into the air with that one charred hand and squeezing his throat. The man hung there, attempting to fight, but gasped and choked as he grew weaker and weaker. He tried to beat at that charred arm, but skin just rolled right off, dripping to the floor and vanishing. The charred skin smell filled the air of the house. She cried out angrily. One of the men raised his shotgun and fired at Julia. But the bullet went straight through her head as if she wasn't even there and went right into the wall behind her. She screeched even more in rage at the men and rushed toward them, the burglar's body still in tow in that one charred hand. The men turned and terrified ran, bursting to the front door, out the door and out into the night. As they hurried down the driveway to the street, they heard behind them, coming from inside the house, the sickening sound of cracking bone, followed by one last gruesome gasp from the burglar. When the police arrived, they found the burglar's body at the foot of the steps, his skull crushed inward, and blood running from his mouth and nose. This was the last straw. The terrified residents decided to end the curse once and for all. They burned down Julia's house to the ground. Then they gave her a proper graveside funeral service where 
This time all of the town turned out to pay their respects. They prayed for Julia's soul to pass on and to be rid of her cursed apparition. This finally seemed to quieten Julia's ghost, as her apparition was never seen or heard from after that. But the memory of that gruesome sight, that sickening smell, and the sound of cracking bone still echoes in the memories of Leon and the men who had the unfortunate bad luck to be in Julia's house that fateful New Year's Eve and witness her final hurrah. My, but that was a really gruesome, terrifying story. I can just picture that burned, charred apparition and the smell. Ugh. All right, if you're not scared enough, let's move on to our second New Year's Evil story. This one is called Broken Window. A week ago, I was driving home and my young daughter was in the car with me. I was in a hurry, so I decided to take a shortcut that led us down a lonely mountain road. All of a sudden, in the middle of nowhere, the engine started to sputter, and the car ground to a halt. When I took out my mobile phone, I realized that I had no signal. We were completely stranded deep in the mountains. I had no idea how to fix the car, and it was growing dark. There was no gas station for miles, and the road was not used very often. It was clear that we would have to spend the night in the car and hope that some passing motorist would stop and give us a ride. The sun was going down, and it was beginning to get very cold. This was a New Year's Eve night, and quite cold that time of year. An eerie silence descended over the mountain, and all I could hear was the wind rustling through the trees. My daughter went to sleep in the passenger seat. I closed my eyes and was starting to drift off as well when I heard a strange noise. It sounded like a voice. I couldn't make out what it was saying. It sounded like gibberish. Tinzumetsu, Tinzumetsu, Tinzumetsu. At first I thought I was dreaming, but as it got closer and closer, I opened my eyes and looked around. Tinzumetsu, Tinzumetsu, Tinzumetsu. A dark figure was approaching the car. All I could see was a silhouette. It looked like a man, and he seemed to be dragging his foot. Tenzumetsu, Tenzumetsu, Tenzumetsu. I looked down at my daughter. She was still asleep. I didn't want to wake her up. All of a sudden, the noise stopped. The eerie silence returned. Then I looked up and got the fright of my life. I had to stop myself from screaming out loud. Standing at the passenger window was the most hideous figure I have ever seen. 
It looked like a man, but his face was so twisted and contorted that it formed a frightening visage. He was horribly deformed. It was as if every piece of skin on his face had been peeled off, and all that was left was bloody red muscle and sinew. He had no nose. He had no ears. His piercing eyes stared at me through the glass. I turned the key in the ignition again and again and tried to start the car, but it was no use. The engine just chugged, chugged, chugged and died. Outside the window, the hideous man took out a knife. He began chanting over and over to himself, Tinsumetsu, Tinsumetsu, Tinsumetsu. Each time he said it, he stabbed the window with the knife, hitting it harder and harder each time. I kept trying to start the car. Tears were streaming down my face. I was desperate to get out of there. Tinsumetsu, Tinsumetsu, Tinsumetsu. Suddenly there was a loud crash, and the passenger window shattered. Broken glass showered all over my daughter. I screamed hysterically. The man's arm came through the window and brandished the knife, lashing out at me. Tinsumetsu! 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 Just then, I turned the key one last time, and the engine sprang to life. I floored the accelerator, and the car tore out of there like a bat out of hell. I sped off down the narrow mountain road, leaving the hideous man far behind. I didn't know where we were going. I just kept driving and driving, never daring to look back. That's when I noticed my daughter had not moved. When I looked down at her, I could see she was muttering something to herself. Tinsumetsu, Tinsumetsu, Tinsumetsu. A chill ran down my spine. Her face was pale, and she was trembling. I shook her, trying to make her wake up. But when she opened her eyes, what I saw terrified me. Her eyes were rolled back in her head. All I could see were the whites of her eyes. Her teeth were gritted together, and she was foaming at the mouth. Her face had changed. She didn't even look like my daughter anymore. She just kept growling over and over. Tinsumetsu! 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 I kept driving, and finally I saw the city lights up ahead. We came to a church, and I pulled over to the side of the road. Scooping my daughter up in both arms, I carried her into the church and started screaming for help. An old priest appeared from a doorway and asked what was wrong. I told him about the thing I had encountered on the mountain road. He took one look at my daughter, then snatched her from my arms and laid her out on the church altar. As I watched, crying and shaking with fear, he took out some rosary beads and held the little wooden cross to my daughter's forehead. Then he started reciting prayers in Latin. 
The priest let us stay there for the night. He put my daughter in a spare bed and stayed up with her all night long, holding her hand, anointing her with holy water, and reciting prayers over her. He placed a Bible on her chest and a scapula around her neck. He told me that my daughter was possessed by a demon, and he had to perform an exorcism. He said that if it was not done and my daughter stayed like this for 49 days, she would never recover. She would be left permanently insane. The priest instructed me to leave my daughter with him so that he could perform the necessary rituals. He said that if I stayed, there was a good chance the demon could possess me as well. It has been a week since my daughter was possessed, and the priest is still taking care of her. I check on her every day. It's like she isn't even my daughter anymore. She smirks and looks at me with indescribably horrible eyes. I just want my daughter back. If you ever find yourself on a lonely mountain road, whatever you do, don't stop. Tinsumetsu, 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 Tinsumetsu! That's a good frightening story. Well, I hope I'm bringing some chills to your New Year's as you ring it in. I hope this 2021 will be a lot better than this past year was. We can only hope and pray. But in the meantime, again, be sure to check out MyHauntedDolls.com and purchase my new book, My Haunted Collection, The Dark Side, to get more terrifying chills, including the story of a doll that was pulled from the wreckage of a murder house, and a jack-in-the-box clown that loves to scratch, and a doll that brings nightmares to anyone who dares touch him, and more included in this volume, My Haunted Collection, The Dark Side. So be sure, please, to check that out. While you're at it, become a patron. I don't know if I mentioned that before on here, but... I do have a Patreon account at patreon.com forward slash myhaunteddolls where you can donate. You can be a recurring donator or just give a one-time donation. Any help is greatly appreciated. And with that, I thank you so much for tuning in once again for another episode of My Haunted Collection. I bid you farewell for the year of 2020. And I will be back in the new year to share more gruesome tales of terror, so stay tuned for that. Until then, happy hauntings!